You're listening to Your Best Life, powered by Mercy One. Join us as we have a fun conversation with certified experts and physicians about health topics for you and your family. It's Your Best Life, our one purpose. Hey guys, this is Sherry Purdy. And this is Miriam Lake. And you are listening to Your Best Life, powered by Mercy One. So today we are going to talk a little bit about how technology has really been able to help us these past few months with us being stuck at home or working home, working at home from work. Uh, maybe you're placing orders online to pick up groceries or visiting Amazon or Old Navy like I have a lot online. And maybe you had to learn how to do video chats or Zoom meetings with um, people that you couldn't visit and friends, family, either right down the street or out of state. And you know what, Miriam, we're doing the same thing in healthcare. And this is fantastic. I'll tell you what, I mean, the COVID experience was something else. But through that COVID experience, I think we all learned how to do healthcare a little bit differently to meet the needs of our patients. And many of our healthcare providers are offering what's called virtual visits as an option for appointments. And basically, um, and some of you might have heard that as called telehealth. And basically, that's where people can meet with a regular doctor through a secure video chat or phone call without leaving their home. To learn what this is all about, here's our friend Jenna in Sioux City with Dr. Mark Schultz. Take it away. Hello, I'm Jenna Renstrom. I'm the Marketing and Communications Manager for Mercy One Siouxland Medical Center. Very proud to be part of the Mercy One family. And with me today is Dr. Mark Schultz, and he is our Medical Director of Primary Care Network Development for Mercy One Western Iowa Region, and also the physician at Storm Lake Family Medicine, one of our clinics in our rural area of Western Iowa. And I have to say, Dr. Schultz, first of all, I love your title, your titles. I had to have your business card in front of me because I didn't want to get a word wrong. But one of my favorite titles that I have for you is you're also my grandpa's primary care physician. He's a community leader and a great guy. And he also lets me hunt pheasants on his spot. So uh, we are. <laughs> so it's a good partnership. We are all bonded. We're very bonded. And you know, that's just so representative of, first of all, what makes primary care so special is that you go along all stages of life with these families, not just the maybe one person you care for, but bringing the rest of the family into it, knowing about their personal lives, knowing about their family leading a, a rural practice, is that what is gratifying for you as a physician? You know, um, I've wanted to do this since I think I was five after I mm. decided I wasn't going to be a cowboy or a fireman. <laughs> um, and and I've, fortunately, I've had that opportunity. And it, it is about relationships. And I'm from a small town. I grew up and I was used to that and um, um, had a great relationship with my uh, my family physician, and uh, that was just a um, just something that I saw as a really great thing to do with my life. And um, the I I do have a couple five generation families. Wow. So uh, when I first moved to town, you know, great great grandpa was still alive and those kind of things. So, um, but yeah, that it's it, it's so um, beneficial to know the whole family and develop those relationships. Um, and I know we're going to talk about telehealth, but that's one of the reasons that it kind of works for me because 
have already had such established relationships, but we'll get into that in a yeah, bit. Yeah, let's let's get into then this unprecedented time that sort of hit a few months ago where we're going along fine. We hear about COVID happening everywhere, but here it can't possibly affect mm. rural Iowa or our part of the country. That's something that happens across the world or in big cities. And the next thing we know, we're in it. And it's before we talk about telehealth, what was that like when COVID came to your community? That's a good question. You're entirely right. I think um, I think it's important to just acknowledge that we're all very tired of this. But unfortunately, we, we kind of escaped it early on. There's some advantages to that. But the disadvantages is uh, we're all kind of tired of it. And unfortunately, some people are just kind of pretending this is gone because they see other areas that are up and about and open. Um, I used to joke with some of my friends and family, they'd see the COVID map and I'd say, see that big white circle in Northwest Iowa where there isn't any, I'm right in the middle of that and that's gonna change big time. Yeah, I'm sure it did. And of course now in Storm Lake with uh, two meat processing plants and an egg plant 10 miles out of town where people work side by side with a lot of aerosols, you know, we're kind of uh, we're kind of New York City. We're Grand Central right now in the nation, I think, um, um, and it's 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 going to increase. Um, COVID has changed uh, a lot of things, and um, that helped give uh, give birth to telehealth. Really, right. I mean, it was just kind of an idea, um, you know, at first. So, so yeah, let's go into it. I mean, okay. we talk about as a system in our Mercy One cultural beliefs and innovate is one that's so important and maybe the most challenging because we think of the groundwork that needs to be laid to be innovative and the ducks that need to get in a row. And I think with telehealth and our virtual visits, seeing patients virtually, that innovation happened so quickly because out of necessity and what a great example can you take me through from your perspective sure. how that how that came to be and then how you implemented it in your clinic so we on the medical group leadership team you know we had our toes dipped in the water with telehealth um, and we were actually had about two physicians doing a little bit as kind of um, kind of the lead physicians in that area one in Mason City and they were doing what I would say is a little bit, just kind of experimenting with it, trying to work out some of the bugs. And as COVID hit, it was just this cataclysmic atom bomb. Uh, so, you know, we could not see patients safely. Some the CDC had recommended that um, um, people at risk, especially, not do routine healthcare, but we still needed to keep in touch with them and needed to still manage their problems. So. The acceleration was like about the SpaceX rocket mm -hmm. going off, honestly. Um, I think last week at the meeting, I believe 25% of our, our visits were telehealth in wow. Mercy One, which when you think about uh, three months ago, a couple guys, you know, like I said, sticking their toe in the water with yeah. it to what we did. So it, it took a lot of uh, a lot of help at the organization and a, and a lot of really good people. But that 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 may be the defining moment of being Mercy One in my book um, uh, early on, because I, I don't know how we would have done this without being one system. And then now looking at today, well, first of all, how how have your patients taken to telehealth? I think um, a lot of us, whether it's true or not, may have this perception that 
virtual visits or anything where you're using technology might be a little slow to be adopted in our in our um, communities that are rural and we just maybe move at a slower pace for better and worse sometimes. Well, Did you have that experience or is that is that a stereotype we can break? I, I think I think you can break that. Um, we have some you know busy you know city clinics. We have some busy very rural clinics. We have some busy clinics that are part of a small rural hospital. So every site has kind of a uh, a unique set of needs. And so um, blanket statements and telehealth are probably not um, not always accurate. Um, as far as my situation, um, I think um, I think we probably had to adopt early on as a physician leader. I had to kind of really work at it so I could help my colleagues. That's part of my role. And so we went crazy with it um, just early on and um, tried to solve a lot of problems and and the issues with it. But um, we've we've had, um, you know, maybe two people that said, oh, they didn't want to do that. Um, not some some people do not have the, uh, you know, ability because they don't have a, a, a phone with a camera on it. We that's one of the tricks we learned is not to not to call it smartphones, but there's there's a lot of tips that we've developed and shared and that we've used from other people in the Mercy One system. In fact, yesterday I was just on a conference call and we were sharing tips and kind of best practices and and then those get taken all around the state. Um, um, my scheduler, my uh, PSR, is amazing and. Um, she would actually show them on their smartphone. She said, bring bring your phone or bring your iPad. And she'd download Zoom and she'd show them. And then they felt so much more comfortable. So that's actually a tip that's actually gone across the whole state. We have nice. other clinics doing that now. And and other tips of, of people doing practice runs on it the night before, you know, the the challenge sometimes is you, you get is getting connected and you're stumbling around more than the time than the actual visit. But we're working those things out, and the reason we're working those out is we're seeing what other people have done that are very successful using their tips, sharing those things. But um, my practice is, you know, all of them are unique. But my practice right now is, um, especially with the really huge hit of COVID we have in Storm Lake right now. We don't have any foot traffic, uh, we don't, so to speak. So we're doing uh, a, almost 100% telehealth. Um, mm -hmm. Some pre-op clearances I do, a couple lacerations. But other than that, in the last couple of weeks, I've done essentially 99% telehealth. Wow. Um, and um, uh, it, it's, worked, it's worked quite well. And do you think that willingness for your patients to get on board, they really sense, I'm guessing, sense that confidence you have in it, that confidence from your scheduler, like you say, come in, let me show you how it works, mm -hmm. it's slick. I mean, that's, again, the great, the great part of a relationship between a patient and their primary care provider is, boy, I feed off that you know, feeling what you feel good about, and then I can too. Yeah, we're actually utilizing that because if you call a patient and say, hey, we want to do a telehealth visit, you know, sometimes there's a little pushback. But if you call them and say, Dr. Schultz really wants to see you via video so we can keep up with your medical conditions and your medicines and any problems you're having, then they're, uh, you know, the resistance just melts. Um, 
And you use certain terms. You don't say, do you have a smartphone? You say, do you have a phone with a camera in it? Mm-hmm. And the little little tricks we've used um, like that to help people feel more comfortable. But um, you're, you're right. I think um, some of us that are, you know, been practicing more than 20 or 30 years have um, have a unique uh, situation because we know our patients, you know, so well, they know us and they feel very comfortable. You know, I would say there's very, very few that just, no, I don't want to do that. And it's mainly kind of technology fear, Mm -hmm. but if we help that, we've even changed those minds. I think we have like two people that haven't done it. On the other hand, uh, our patients are incredibly appreciative. They know that COVID is out there. They know we're in the middle of a national pandemic. They know it's not safe for them to be out and about running around, um, um, you know, all over. So they are very appreciative of having telehealth right now. Um, it, it, it is kind of amazing. Um, we've had no pushback from it at all. And, you know, some of it is how you do it, but um, we've had the advantage of having those relationships and uh, people are not only very comfortable, but they're very appreciative. It's actually, it's actually been, um, this may sound strange, but it's actually been one of the most rewarding times in my career. I've had a lot of, a lot of rewarding times, but, you know, my standard thing is to look into the camera at the end of the visit and say, is there anything else I can help you with? And I... I think about a third to half of my patients just sit back and say, well, you guys take care. We need you. You be careful. You know, they're worried about their health care providers. And um, so, you know, how rewarding is that? Absolutely. Have your patients worrying about you? You know, I'm not as, you know, where we're, we're kind of more on the front lines a little yeah. bit of, of getting it. So and it's been are. very, very rewarding. That's great to hear. And I think of when I think about the convenience of telehealth and what I love about it is thinking about doing a check in maybe from my car or my office or wherever I have time to stop and connect with my provider or whoever I need. And I know you have a great story about a gentleman, I believe, um, in a unique situation where he was able to do telehealth yeah. at his work. Do you know what I'm setting you up for, I, Dr. I think, Schultz? I, I think I do, <laughs> but there's actually two that were very okay, similar. Um, it was right in the heart of planting. And uh, one one of my patients um, wasn't sure if they had an eye infection or they'd been doing some power spraying and they'd had some kind of gunk in their eye. and. And uh, he lives 35, I think, miles away, one way. And he was, you know, trying to get the anhydrous on. He was pushed for time, like all planting seasons sure. are. So I actually, um, he had a, he had a smartphone, and I actually was able to accomplish a, actually a very good visit um, by a telehealth. I could see really well, and I felt very comfortable what we had going on. Made the diagnosis called in his tractor, in his tractor, in his cab. Yeah. <laughs> He stopped. He did stop. That's good. That's but, good. But the that. other the other patient is is kind of maybe even more unique because um, he 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 had a death in his family and I knew he was struggling with it. It was it was actually his daughter and I knew I needed to get in touch with him and he also had some um, other health issues that we were able to kind of talk about and didn't need a physical exam for. Uh, uh, regarding his meds and a few things like that. So I was so anxious to get in touch with him. We, he, he answered the phone. We got our telephone, our telehealth visit going. And I said, um, you know, why don't you just pull over and, and we'll chat for a few minutes and then I can actually see a few things that I need to uh, on an exam. And he said, um, 
and he pointed the camera to a planter and he said, hey, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm doing the field work ahead of this planter and he's going to catch me. So we're going to just keep going because I'm on GPS steering. So all I have to do is sit here and I can talk to you That's all I want. Great. So as he was on GPS steering with the um, away, away we went and we were able to talk for probably 40 minutes and go through a lot of the issues um, that he was dealing with. Wow. And it was, it was literally like he was right in my office. Oh my goodness. Um, and it was so beneficial. We made a few changes and you know, it was a, you know, farmers, uh, your grandpa's a farmer yep, and, you don't and down. there, there was no running to go see Dr. Schultz. They would have been in denial or whatever, but it was so helpful that we could have that visit and, and he could stay ahead of the planner. So everybody won. But we talk about, you know, meeting our patients where they're at in, in sort of terms of, um, you know, spiritually, you even mm -hmm. might say here, you're really even able to go that next step, meet them physically where they're at. And mm -hmm. just, boy, that's another level. I think you're just being, you're able to add to that patient relationship is truly, I'm your partner in this. I'm, I'm alongside whatever journey you're on. Even if you're in the cab of your of your tractor at that moment. What a great message. Rolling down the field right. with the cultivator. <laughs> I love it. Well, Dr. Schultz, as we wrap up this conversation, what other, any other thoughts that you'd like to, to leave out there? Where do you see the future of telehealth and virtual visits going for our communities? That That's a real question. I have some concerns. I have some concerns that it may be, um, you know, um, some practice, practitioners make, you know, come in or from out of state trying to, you know, kind of do it on the cheap. And I, you know, I do have concerns about that. It's, it's, it's not for every visit, you know, touching a physical exam, those kind of things are incredibly important to us. And that's how you develop these relationships and trust. Um, so it's certainly not for every visit, but, you know, I think there's things down the road that uh, we will definitely probably have at least part of our week dedicated to telehealth or part of some days in the week, we're not sure. But the things we thought of in our particular practice, um, the snowbirds, my snowbirds mm. that take off and they, you know, they usually have quite a few medical problems and I'm I'm kind of nervous about having them not seen for six months and I try and encourage them to, you know, do this or do that. And of course they can't get established with anyone out in, you know, Phoenix or whatever. So this is going to be a great uh, tool for us to stay in touch with those patients. And some of their, uh, you know, urgent problems that come up, we can also do that, you know. Um, but I'm really excited about staying in touch with some of the folks that are in a different place, uh, typically the snowbirds. Um, that's going to be a huge advantage. And I think a few of the things like we mentioned, some of those stories where um, we can, you know, increase the convenience um, of of for patients at times, but um, it is not, you know, uh, I'm doing 100% telehealth right now, but that's only because of the pandemic, right. we're pushing off some other things. We certainly can't do, a, uh, you know, a lot of things that we want to do because of the lack of, you know, different exams, but there are tools, you know, there's some really neat technology where, um, where you can, you know, listen to heart and lung sounds and even look in ears. Um, I think we'll be utilizing those more in nursing homes and uh, and and maybe, you know, have a little greater access to certain specialty care. care. Um, 
Um, some specialists, you know, drive an hour and a half and they're in short and they're in high demand. They drive an hour and a half to Storm Lake, an hour and a half back. They could have seen a lot of patients or, you know, maybe touched base with uh, people more often or had more availability if they didn't have so much windshield time. And certain specialties, you know, um, telehealth lends itself to that. Um, so I, I think that. I think there's a future. It's not going to be our total future. Um, and uh, we have to guard uh, against, um, you know, losing the relationships that we have by not visiting face to face. But it's a it's a good thing to help us get through the COVID epidemic. And it certainly has a future. Absolutely. To enhance care, not replace or supplement, like you say, but just to continue to enhance that relationship. Yeah, I would say one more thing. There's yeah. there's some patients that have a certain amount of medical conditions. And sometimes, you know, I'm trying to say, do I need to see them in three months or six months? And, you know, their their daughter has to get off work to come see me, you know, to bring them in. And they live 30 miles away one way. And certainly those I'll say, hey, you know what, we're going to do telehealth in three months because I don't need to do an extensive exam. We'll go over your labs and meds and see how you're feeling and your daughter won't have to take off work. And there's certainly going to be a role for that where those exams are, you know, where you don't need the exam every three months, but you need to follow up with them. Great example. We talk about our vision statement at Mercy One and creating radically convenient care, but I love what, it, in in that, not losing that personalized care that is at the heart of everything we do. And I know Dr. Schultz, that's something you demonstrate. I love hearing your perspective on um, how you care for your patients and how this just enhances what you've been doing. So thank you for your time. Thank you for being part of the Mercy One family. Thanks for taking care of Grandpa too. It's been my pleasure. And by the way, I'm going to have a telehealth visit with Grandpa pretty soon because the nurse, nursing homes are, you know, kind of shut down to traffic. So, yeah, so I, I will greet him for you. Thank goodness. Thank <laughs> you. Take care. Yes, thank you so much for listening, guys. And as always, we want to hear your feedback at www.mercyone.org slash podcasts. You know we love to hear from you, so hopefully hear from you soon. And as always, guys, live your best life. <laughs>